in all facets of the multiverse. I have studied at the Library of Alexandria, battled alongside Genghis Khan, danced with Cleopatra, held symposiums with Plato, and meditated atop the Great Pyramid of Giza. The ramblings of a madman can be very dangerous, especially for those of you who listen. Due to my condition, I have laid dormant inside this vessel called Matthew Hardy. But now, thanks to the consumer of terrestrial entities, I have been woken. Last week was not Matt Hardy's breaking point. It was mine. I actually feel alive again. My heart is pumping. And there's a fire in me that is only growing stronger. My fire will not cleanse you. My fire will not save you. My fire will make sure all of you burn. Bray Wyatt, you left me with no choice. I sentenced you to deletion! Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It is another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. Mm -hmm. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes, Josh Custodio. Woo! Justin, they said it couldn't be done. They said it couldn't be done. They said 26 episodes of Top Marks, there's no way it can't be done. I mean, I don't know if it should be done. <laughs> well, it definitely shouldn't. <laughs> Let, let's be 100% clear about this. What a huge waste of our time and anyone listening to this, this has been. It should not, it should not exist. We all should spend our time better, but... We did it. Yes, it, it has been. This is week 26 of Top Marks. I don't know if you know this. A couple facts about the number 26. It's uh, half a year. Uh, it comes after 25. And I used to be 26 years old. No, oh, so did I at one time. Well, no need to, you know. Martin sort of... Ruschinski used to wear it for the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. I'm trying to think of other 26s. Um, like out of 10? Thomas Vanek. Yeah, Tommy Vanek, right my guy, yeah, 26. The gunner, the gunner. Who, I mean, what a pickup. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. But Welcome. that's enough about hockey. <laughs> it's all right. It's been too much Too much hockey. hockey, yeah. Let's just edit that one out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as part. we sit here and watch uh, the Leafs attempt to beat Calgary in a shootout, that's neither here nor there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to, to Top Marks. To that extent, what's on the TV, probably not necessarily important. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't necessarily yeah. think when we do this show we're watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, generally, I hope that isn't something they're assuming. It's like, it's a good show yeah. for guys who are clearly preoccupied. <laughs> <laughs> while they're doing it. It's like, 
that's a bad barometer to set. Exactly. But we, we're focused on providing you with another excellent podcast this week. And, of course, Josh, this could be someone's first week listening to the show. It so always is. In that case, what uh, do we do here every week? God knows. <laughs> do you want me to tell you? No, I'll tell him. All right. Every single week, Justin Morissette and I sit down and we discuss the one, two, three biggest topics in the world of wrestling. This week, you could probably argue how big any of these topics are. A bit of a slow week. Yeah. We're, uh, I mean, it's a bit of a down period in general as we head sure. towards Christmas time. It's like they know that people stop tuning in week to week. Yeah, they call it in as we stop showing up. But we discuss these for no longer than how long, Justin? 15 minutes. The exact uh, length of? A WCW television title match. Correct. Uh, now, this week, we may not go the full 15 minutes on some of these rounds, but we also might. And if we do, you will hear us buzz, even if we're mid-sentence. And then it's just done. We it's, stop. We move on. It's They said it couldn't be done. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it is. <laughs> and, this, uh, and, and Josh, what are our... Top three topics this week. Okay, Justin, let's get to it. Let's cut to the meat. In round number one, uh, Shane McMahon has been acting a little weird lately. I don't yeah. know if you've noticed this. A uh, little bit. He's, he's got a weird dynamic. Well, not a weird dynamic, a poor dynamic with uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and a weird dynamic with Daniel Bryan. He's doing some uh, some things that make me think he may be changing. Oh, like so, he's going through puberty? Exactly like he's going through puberty, yeah. yes. Yeah. About 24 years late. Yeah, he's... At uh, least. Yeah, I think your math is finally, it's finally happening for him. Maybe you meant 26. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Then in round number two, Justin, uh, I, I mean, what else could you say? Woken Matt Hardy is here. The WWE version of Broken Matt has showed up. He's uh, feuding with Bray Wyatt in what I think was a pretty fun promo segment. We're going to break down him. And when you say version, yeah, it's really just they changed... Two letters to be one letter, yeah. and other than that, everything is the same, right down to the costume. He's wearing the exact same jacket. It's all the same. Which is relieving, and we'll dig more into that. Uh, yes. And then, Justin, can you tell us, actually, a little bit about round number three this week? Yeah, last week I mentioned that I was at a party, and oh, I'm going to mention wow, it again because I'm a guy. big, popular guy who's got friends who like hanging out with him. I've been playing a lot of Mario Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> and I talked to two guys there who uh, were listeners of this program. And, hey, guys. Uh, were brand new to wrestling in general, kind of. They'd been... Uh, you know, watching pay-per-views, or at least the big four for the last little while, but finally decided to, like, make the plunge and become diehard wrestling fans watching week to week. Get out now. As, as of about, like, a month and a half to two months ago. Okay. So, not quite right after SummerSlam, but, like, close to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we had been talking last week about, like, how they have these interesting preconceptions and they don't necessarily uh, know or understand, like, why we love the guys that we love. Right. So you and I are going to try and come up with a primer for new wrestling fans, the, the definitive list of matches that properly introduces you to this modern era. Okay, I'm excited to do this. This, this should be fun. Yeah, I feel like we're going to argue a lot about what matches to include and which ones not to. But, yeah, it'll be uh, a lot of me being right. I don't know about that. Well, I, I do, know. and trust well, me, as the one who's save right. Save it until we get there, well, bud. I'm I've just... seen your list. It looks like trash to me. <laughs> no spoilers, but <laughs> it is a bad list. <laughs> Mine. Um, but yeah, well, and then, yeah, that's round number three. We're going to try and come up with the best ways to not just show them, like, the greatest matches that are going to hook them, but, yeah. like, the pivotal points probably over the course of the last 
five or six years that really set the stage for wrestling as it is right now. I'm excited to do this. On top of those rounds, we're going to do another fun round of Keep It or Kick It, and maybe even a little bit of Sunday Night Tweet. Does this all sound pretty good Oh, to you? I think that sounds excellent. And then uh, how was your week? We've both been busy. Our schedules have it's been hard to hang out. How are you? I'm, things I'm, I'm pretty good, yeah. I mean, yeah. this is just kind of like a weekly excuse for us to get together and be pals at this point. It really is. But I'm such a big timer. that. Well, you're uh, always at parties. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, producing NHL broadcasts. Yeah. I'm a real big shot over here. It's true. Yeah. I'm a mover, sometimes a shaker. You know? I'm a power player. What you can like, I say? You like to shake, rattle, and roll, baby. Absolutely. Okay, so you're good. Yeah. All right. How good. are you? Oh, yeah. Uh... I, yeah, I think I'm good, too. I feel like I, I need to ask you. Whether, Just to be polite. You know, I mean, it seems like I don't care if I don't ask. Oh, it's like come across I mean, poorly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I don't really care, but I don't want the folks at home to think <laughs> that I don't care. You know, like I want I want to at least keep up appearances yeah. as a good friend because that's what we are. Hashtag good friends. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, I'm good. Thank you for caring. No problem. Just checking in. <laughs> and with that... Let's move on to round number one. Round one. Fight. Hey there, Justin. How's it going? Uh, we just discovered that I think I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yes, we did. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I feel like this is well-worn territory <laughs> yeah. at this point. I'm just filling in some good content. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Justin, have you ever had a, and this is true, in a work situation, okay? So picture okay, yourself at okay. work. A guy who hired you and seemed like a, a really nice guy, like you might get along and out the gate everything seemed good, but then as things, you know, continued on, your relationship deteriorated. Soured, as it were. It soured, and it seemed like he had a vendetta against you. Or she. Has this happened to you before? Uh, I've definitely been in some grudges with some bosses that I've had in the past. It's a, hard, it's a hard situation. Yeah. But once again, Kevin Owens is the Justin Morissette avatar on WWE television, because this is exactly what's happening to him Absolute. on SmackDown it Live is. right now. Yeah. And, he, you know, it's... <laughs> Coming out of Hell in a Cell, it's very... Weird that we are not even like a full SmackDown pay-per-view cycle removed from that show. That is weird. And already we are seeing like a lot more gray area than you would think from what seemed like a very clear-cut Sami Zayn heel turn establishing Owens and Zayn as these heelish outsiders on SmackDown. That is really not what we're... I mean, it kind of is, kind of isn't. Yeah, it's extremely weird to me this entire this entire situation. Just to give a little context to what's going on, is yes. you have you have uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon's. In my opinion, I think you agree. Great match at Hell in a Cell. Sam a pretty solid feud now that's been going since basically July. Definitely. And and these guys they have some chemistry. It's it's a good feud. Sami Zayn, of course, saves Kevin Owens and turns heel in the process. They're a tandem. And now Shane McMahon seems very poised against these two heels. Mm -hmm. So far, you're with me. Yes. Anything you'd add on? Uh, well, he seems to be going so far over the top in punishment, like letting his own personal distaste cloud his judgment, that he himself is like kind of healing at the moment. Well, and this is the thing. He's he's not putting the the brand first. He's being very unprofessional, right? He's yes. he's okay with them not on the Survivor Series team. He's okay with them getting beaten up and laid out and put in handicap matches. He's he's good with all of these things. And when you couple it with the way he behaved 
as like the general of SmackDown in the brand wars of Survivor Series. Yeah, like it. It's we've very quickly gone from Shane McMahon being probably the most over and established babyface in the company, essentially. Oh, definitely that was true at a point. Yeah. Uh, in the lead up to Hell in a Cell, I would say that probably very true. Up because, there, like the crowd was just eaten out of his hands all of the time, and uh, you know, suddenly. Yeah, Shane looks like he is on the verge, if not already having crossed the bridge of a like heel turn, basically. So, so Justin, you're the wrestling pariah. Before we move any further, you have to explain this to me. My, my peanut brain cannot wrap around what this means when an authority figure is being a dick to two heels. So the babyface authority is being rude to heels. Who's the bad guy here, Justin? What I do mean, I do? The, it's interesting because you and I have talked about basically right from the beginning that uh, Sammy's motivation in turning heel was not necessarily a heel motive. No, certainly he not. He saved his best friend, uh, you know, and that the bond between the two of them overrode whatever personal animosity that had gotten in between them over the last couple of years. And, and, you know, Shane being furious, we talked about this as well, him being like, you pulled <laughs> him out of the way and that injured me. It's like, well, you were going to injure yourself pretty badly no matter what. My dude, you were getting yeah. fucked up one way or the other. <laughs> you just saved one person from dying in the process. In fact, maybe you should thank us because now you're not a literal murderer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we had some fun with that a few weeks back. And it seems like like the writing crew has kind of maybe identified that, oh, wait, these are not really, like, proper heel and babyface motivations either. And if they are going to lead to a double turn where we finally, oh, my God, finally get the Kevin Owens babyface run Let's that go. I think we have all desperately been longing for for a good long while now, then I can get on board with this, but it seems too quick almost. Like, yeah. very, very fast to be heading towards that. And... I mean, we talked about I, I had prognosticated several months ago. Well, hang on, Justin. I don't think you're allowed to say that on the show. That it's, that's too big of a word. Yeah. I had uh, foretold or, or fantasy Still. book. Thank you. There you go. Word. Yes. Uh, that, that if Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were going to, uh, the, you know, if Owens was going to be a heel authority figure above Shane McMahon, that he could take control of this show, oh my God, wouldn't it be great if Daniel Bryan turned heel to be right there with him? Totally. And Bryan has kind of taken their side all along, but in a very considerate and like thoughtful way that is not heel even remotely, because I feel like they maybe felt that they were boxing themselves into a corner in having two babyface authority figures that they were going to pit head to head yeah. and decided, well, there's no fucking way that anyone is ever going to boo Daniel Bryan. So <laughs> is there anything they could get to do that? Now? So do we just have to basically take the guy who is, you know, maybe, maybe even more so than AJ Styles, the number one babyface on our show and turn him heel. Like, well, is, is there any other way that they could avoid this? Basically, <sighs> Because Daniel Bryan can't wrestle, yeah, and uh, you know is is probably not going to be booed. Okay, I'll say this. So first of all, I think it's important to note that I don't feel like Daniel Bryan's necessarily taking their side as much as he is just being professional. Because yes, when Shane is making sense, he's standing by Shane still. He's saying, "No, I agree with the commissioner." I think he said that last night and last week. No, I agree with the commissioner. But it's when it's 
you're going to get fired or this new stipulation at the Clash of Champions match where if they lose, this be them being uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, they are fired from the entirety of WWE, and I suspect Daniel Bryan will step in there. Are we going to get a tag team main event of a pay-per-view, probably? I think there's a very good chance of that. Yeah, I think so, too, because there seems to be a lot more hanging on this match, which is Zayn and Owens versus Orton and Nakamura, with yep. Shane McMahon as a special guest referee, way more than there is attached to AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal. Well, yeah, and Owens and uh, Shane were also the main event, so there's some precedent for their title picture not being the main event of a show. But I'll answer the question you asked me a couple minutes ago because I got way off track. Where was this inevitable? Were you know were we eventually going to get to this space? And I would say it is inevitable to a way that eventually he's still a McMahon, he's still at the top of the card. There is going to be some sort of heelish tendencies there but in the playing out of it with this Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn Daniel Bryan dynamic I think this could be avoided because it is extremely convoluted to me yeah it's confusing almost you know like what are we what's really what's going on here because like if this is going to turn Sammy and Owens babyface, then it's like Sammy was barely even heel at all. Could Sammy stay with, uh, somehow, with Shane McMahon in this situation? Ooh. Wow, that was hard. Sammy stay with Shane in this situation. I don't, I'm, I haven't considered that. Look, obviously, Shane cannot flip to a heel and Owens and Sammy stay heel, you know? No, because, I don't think because so. Because they are so diametrically opposed that you almost need to do a double turn. But the idea that one of Sammy and Owens stays on the heel side and the other flips. They still fight forever. They're just now on opposite sides of the war. Owens is a baby face and Zayn is a heel. That's right. I'm not saying I think this is going to happen. I'm going to ask if that's a possibility. I could see it, but it would, it would really like completely rewrite the history that they have very quickly established here in the last six weeks, basically, to do it. Kevin Owens' track record with friendship isn't exactly something uh, above Th- falling that's apart. That's true, but this time it would be Zane with the betrayal, which, A nice I mean, you could, maybe. you could possibly, you you could work in, you know, motivation for him to betray, because he's been betrayed in the past many times. Yeah. I could buy that. It, it, like, it just seems like we're on fast forward. You know, like definitely this, like I could see all of these things happening, but they probably should happen maybe like four months from now. Yeah, I think at its core, and I think this is what you're getting at, too, is it just seems too soon to not have Zayn and Owens as heels together. Yeah. that Like, that, plain and simple. They're, they're a good act. It's working, and it's reasonably new. Yeah, and if you're, you want to put them to work, like, in the tag division, you still have, like, the Usos are basically a babyface tag team right now. Well, they are, yeah. There's a lot of, like... You could do tag feuds with these guys and, like we said before, really elevate your tag division in the process. Like, make tag team wrestling the backbone of SmackDown I mean, for I feel like it the is, next, right? like, three months before we get into some, like, Mania singles programs. Like, there's a lot you can do with these guys as heels. And if anything, like, the division needs that because you are essentially right now building up the Bludgeon Brothers to fill this big bad... Woo! heel role but like don't get me wrong you can do better you know whoa justin you cannot tell me that owens and zane are not better than the bludgeon i'm telling you that right now you're full of shit i think the bludgeon brothers shit all over sammy Uh, who and kevin who no you you no of course i don't believe that but i do think the bludgeon brothers are a great addition to an already stacked uh tag team division on smackdown but they are in a need of heels uh i 
I just feel like the, these dynamics are extremely confusing, but I do... Is this somehow going to get us Daniel Bryan wrestling again? This this uh, time's up well with his contract coming up, I believe in March, is it? Uh, I'm not sure exactly when, but sometime soon, probably. But in the near future, do you think we're seeing Daniel Bryan in a tag match soon? <sighs> wow. Soon being the next six months. I mean, he was supposed to be the guest referee... For an upcoming SmackDown, like the one on Boxing Day, I'm pretty sure. Really? But I don't know if that means he's going to take any bumps. Like, I would imagine not. Even him as guest referee, I'm into. Like like we talked about last week, though, I'm pretty sure he's going to have to leave and work an indie match and be like, see, I can do this, and you're leaving money on the table by not letting me do it for you. I can't imagine they, they don't let him see do it. it. I can't imagine they don't see it. Yeah. Because if they are worried about his safety... They can keep him on board and make sure he only wrestles once or twice but, a year. Yeah, exactly. But, like, how do you possibly justify allowing Kurt Angle to wrestle for you in 2017 but not Daniel Bryan? Well, I mean, with Kurt Angle, it's different because he won a, a gold medal with a broken neck. So you know the guy can do amazing feats while injured. Oh, shut up. <laughs> ridiculous. Justice, is there anything else you wanted to touch on about these guys? I mean, I feel like being a heel kind of plays into Shane McMahon's overall position within the company in general because you know we all understand that look he does great he goes above and beyond he is willing to do things that no one is willing to do because he also understands that he is a product of nepotism and he needs to go the distance right. to really yeah, totally establish the fact that i actually do belong here because i I do things that no one else will do. Now, he also does things that no one else is allowed to do. So that is kind of uh, That's another, another story. Yeah. But look, like we've had this conversation with our friend Matt all the time. Matty fucking hates the fact that Shane is like self-inserted, that he is like Triple H in a way, that whatever is the hot act at the time or the biggest thing, it's like Shane always inserts into that. But Triple H catches all kinds of heat for doing that all the time. And Shane seemingly just gets away with it. Well, Shane loses to them, though, sometimes. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's In fact, the, most of the time. Yeah, Shane has not had a win since coming back, which I think does is a pretty big difference between him and Triple H. Uh, I don't know if you follow the product. Triple H doing pretty well for himself right now. <laughs> that's true. That is very true. But, like, there is something villainous to being, like, just thrown into for the sure. mix when you're not even a wrestler. In fact, that is why Sami Zayn turned heel. Was be like, buddy, I tried to warn you, and Hello. you and you just blew me off all the time. And like, I wrestle, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> just tr- fucking listen to me. You know, I don't know. There's a good life lesson there from Sami Zayn. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, so that kind of like works, and it makes sense. At the same time, like it's really been nice over the last little while, like since he came back, to just like. Have one McMahon who is not a heel authority. Yeah, that, that is sort of the trepidation there, right, is now you have just the McMahon-Helmsley era. Everybody's back and at the top of their positions as heels. Yeah. Then just take them off. I mean, Vince is gone, basically. He very rarely appears, and when he does, it's awesome. But uh, Oh, we might have something on that and keep it or kick it. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Well, we'll find out very quickly. But, yeah, I mean, it just feels... Th- <laughs> I've really enjoyed having two babyface authority figures on SmackDown because it makes the show feel radically different than Raw. Well, and not about the authority exactly. at all, right? Like, there are weeks where Shane or Brian, like, neither of them are on the show sometimes. Yep. And, it, and you don't notice because, A, it's a shorter show, 
and B, it's about the wrestling. It's about the characters. It's not about Shane or or Stephanie or Triple H just like coming out and having a fucking 20 minute gab fest off the hop every week. I really, my stomach for that has not gotten any better over the years. So I'll ask you this. Yeah. If Shane is turning heel and we are losing this, are we, do you feel like we're like actually losing something that this is not for the best? I think as soon as you can get through this immediate storyline, it may be for the best. Uh, as long as he doesn't have an overactive role at the top of SmackDown like they have on Raw. I think Daniel Bryan being your lead baby face GM is is enough for SmackDown. Having Shane show up every once in a while to be an asshole could be a good thing and help get some kids over. But we might lose Bryan very soon. Also true. And that's 15 minutes. It sure is. And we got a game to play here. I love these mistaken. games. Justin, yeah. we're going to play a little Keep It. Or kick it. Is he going to keep it? Is he going to kick it? We're going to find out. Unkeep it or kick it. <laughs> Good theme. Cut the music. <laughs> the theme's never been the same yeah. once. It's well, always just. I said cut the music on that theme, which of course didn't have any backup music. Yeah. It was just me singing. And yeah. now I'm going to say hit the music. <laughs> on a tribe called Quest. Let's do it. All keep right. It kick it. So I have to explain what Keep It or Kick It is to those who may not listen before. Keep It or Kick It, I create a list on my uh, walk over to <laughs> Studio Skyloft of random things in wrestling. Justin then has to rapid fire. Say if he would rather keep this thing, as in he likes it, yes. he loves it, he wants some more of it, or he kicks this thing. He hates it, he loathes it, he doesn't want any of it. Justin, are you ready? I am. Let's for keep go. it or kick Let's it. Let's go. Alberto Del Rio returning to WWE. Ooh, kick it. Balor's demon character. Keep it. Bailey turning heel. Keep it. Jeff Hardy as Brother Nero in WWE. Oh. That is really difficult because uh, there's a lot of money probably in a Jeff Solo babyface run right now. But at the same time, I'm inclined to say keep it. Sarah Logan. Keep it. Two out of three falls matches. Uh, keep it. They can be very predictable, but overall, keep it. It's a good blow off. Mojo Rawley as a heel. Keep it. That's what we want for him. The show being the elite. Keep it for sure. Very entertaining. Bobby Roode. Kick it at the moment. But if he was a heel, probably keep it. Grand Metalik as Cruiserweight Champ. Oh, that's the biggest keep it of all time. <laughs> More than Rusev Day. Oh, yeah. Even oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby Lashley coming to WWE. Big time keep it. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, Drew McIntyre not wrestling again in NXT, going straight to the main roster. Keep it. People doing their entrances on vehicles. Mmm. The ATV for Stone Cold, that was pretty good. And, of course, Biker Taker. I'll go keep it. Oh, and, of course, Rusev in a tank. Uh, the greatest say, entrance of all time. Actually, the... It's Rusev's <laughs> tank! <laughs> a Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar rematch. Keep it as long as Braun wins. Samoa Joe paired up with Authors of Pain on the main roster. Ooh, keep it. Billy Gunn's theme song, Ass Man. Kick it. What?! The whole Mr. Ass character in general is just the fucking worst. He has a butt. He's awful. And he likes butts? No. And he's going to kick butt. It's so bad. It's terrible. And finally, Justin, Vince McMahon being a weekly character on Monday Night Raw. Ooh, weekly is the key word there. I'm going to say kick it, but because, like, what they're doing right now works. Having Vince be a special attraction 
Like, I love it when he turns up. And I feel like if he was weekly, that you would lose that so fast. And that was Keep It or Kick It. I know I'm not supposed to, like, elaborate on my picks. That's okay. But, you know, there's, there, it felt like there were some things to explain. You know, I don't make the rules around here. Except that I do, Justin, <laughs> and it is supposed to be rapid fire. <laughs> and I'm disqualified from any future editions of Keep It or Kick It. Yeah, unfortunately, you lost this week. Oh, that's too bad. I didn't know that was possible, but... Here we are. Let's see if you can get your win back in <laughs> round <laughs> number two. Round two. Fight. <laughs> Justin, do you remember that? That uh, well, this is going back to last summer. So, so you're gonna have to rack your memory. This is all the Ooh, way back four months ago. I don't know ago, if I can okay? do that. I do smoke a lot of marijuana. It's true, I do. Okay, so, so four, four months. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm not doing this segue. <laughs> Justin Woken Mad is here. <laughs> how do you, how do you feel? Are you ex- okay? Hang on, Justin. So what, what's your history with the Broken Matt Hardy character? Did you follow him in TNA? At I all? did, I did. Uh, last year, I was living uh, with my ex. Thanks for bringing that up. Sorry, uh, <laughs> that's what I was hoping we'd talk about. And we had cable, which I don't have at the moment, but I did then. And I also got the Fight Network on my cable Great package. Great channel. And I set up. Like, multiple times I set up for Impact to record so I could watch it when I got home from work or whatever because I knew that that was going to be, like, an all-Hardys version of Impact. Where the broken character was just going to take over the show and it was going to be, like, two hours at the Hardy compound and I was going to have a great time. And I did. It was super fun every time I watched that character and, and watched those, like specials that basically like the Hardys had full creative control over from what we can tell yeah yeah I mean part of the reason why this is happening right now is I think as they were getting ready to take this to trial like Ed Nordholm and and uh, Anthem. Anthem actually did suddenly realize oh wait there is some language in this contract that is going to make it very very difficult for us to try and press the issue that we've been pressing for close to a year now or however fucking long it had been, like, you know, eight months. Yeah. Um, and then they just gave up because it was going to be bad for them. But they did it in such a way that it was like, we're very gracious and wonderful <laughs> people for allowing this to happen. That They should have this the whole time. Absolutely. They need fan goodwill but, so badly. But you know I've cut, like, promo after promo on Ed Nordholm. Oh, yeah, didn't you talk for, like, five minutes once, yeah, like, raging on the show? I went crazy on Ed Nordholm about this yeah. exact topic. It was the most shot out of a cannon you've ever been. And in the end, it, was, it turned out that I was correct, as I often am. Do you think that you had anything to do with them? I I think Ed heard my promo. Maybe Titus told. And yeah, he, he Titus got on, Ed on the line and yeah. he was like, bud, you got to <laughs> hear what they're saying about you out there. And he heard me cut the promo of my life. Well, thanks, and, Titus and O'Neil. He, and he felt shame. He felt embarrassed. Good. And he decided that I should let this go. And look, uh, we've kind of been waiting for this for a while and it seems like they've been teasing this for a very long time, but yeah. not quite able to pull the trigger because they felt like they might get sued or whatnot. They've been yeah. flirting with it. They've been dancing around the edges of what might be considered allowable. And then this week, finally, full on broken Matt, or as they are going to call him so that they can at least own this version of it, Woken Matt mm-hmm. has arrived. I actually think, I do want to backtrack a bit here, but I actually think the Woken name works really well. 
uh, and Matt did a good job playing that in that there was you know this it was this dormant spirit in the vessel called Matthew Hardy yeah and, but now he is awoken like I, I think it works really well for that character and I didn't find it super cheesy just going back a couple steps and I'd like to say that I think I think I'm in something of a notorious Hardy Bros detractor on this show I, I don't like Jeff Hardy much at all and I think I've I mean, about. as someone who did pay to order the pay-per-view <laughs> that TNA main evented with Jeff Hardy versus Sting, I can't imagine why you wouldn't like Jeff Hardy, Josh. Well, I appreciate that. That sounds crazy. But I do want to say, when Matt Hardy first left WWE, he went to Ring of Honor for a while, and it was shown and also talked about quite a bit that he really couldn't keep up in ring with the guys in Ring of Honor, but he really had some personality that Ring of Honor needed between, you know, he's had so many of these V1 and Matt. Matt Facts and Big Money Matt. He, he's a good personality guy, and I think sometimes he doesn't get enough credit for that. And I think, as you've seen in the singles run since Jeff's been injured, he's still not a great in-ring guy. But my God, when he turns up his personality, or obviously I don't think Broken Matt is, uh, you know, my normal personality turned up to 10. Mm -hmm. But when he does let his, whatever, freak flag fly or his personality really come to life, this is a captivating-ass character. And unlike anything that WWE touches in general... I mean, last week I made the shameful admission that I have not been keeping up with Monday Night Raw right, week yeah. to week for basically the last month and a half or Justin so. Rosenberg. Look, it's a three-hour show. I'm busy on Mondays often. Um, and oh, At parties. Well, no, I wor <laughs> I'm working hockey games for the most part. Uh, but, you know, it's a big investment. Like, SmackDown it seems more justifiable to me because it's an hour 20 and it's a good show that like my favorite wrestlers are on, and I fully admit that the Raw roster is stacked, but it also feels stagnant. And like I love Braun Strowman, but I don't love Braun Strowman versus Kane for two yeah, months. That's very so. Fair. Like, there's not been a ton of incentive for me to tune in week to week until this week. Like, I think that Matt Hardy and this gimmick is so good and so great that, like, <laughs> not only is Matt Hardy woken, but my interest in Raw yeah! has woken as well. Like, I am probably going to start watching week to week as well. Once again, look, it was a very short segment this week in the overall... Yeah, what, two minutes? Three and a half or okay. so. That little promo battle that they did. In the overall landscape of the entire show, very, very small little bit of it. Definitely. But I have a feeling that as we progress and move along here, they're going to lean into this and let them have more time and be a bigger feature. Because, like, I think it's clear that what they have here is gold. And I think... Really true, yeah. I, I read uh, on the dirt sheets this week that Vince McMahon himself is a very, very big fan of, really? of the character. Of Woken Matt? Yeah, that he finds it super entertaining. Um, Whoa, that's surprising to me. Which you would think would be a little mo too out there for him. Definitely, but yeah. But I think there's just something about Matt's energy that's like so magnetic that... like. How can you not be taken in by it, even if you are a deranged billionaire who does not understand pop culture? It's funny because it reminds me a little bit of sometimes with actors that are sometimes pigeonholed as mediocre. They get a role that's like, oh, no one else could have done that. Heath Ledger comes to mind or, you know, guys, like, he gets broke back. and It's like, holy shit, wow, this guy can really act. Mm -hmm. I feel like Broken Matt is that for Matt Hardy where he, he just shines through. So much brighter in this. He always felt like second banana to Jeff in the Hardy bro in the Hardy Boys, and he's never really been you know the guy for me. But as broken or woken Matt, he's undeniable. I, I think he's the most captivating thing on the show right I mean, now in a small in small portion. He made Impact relevant 
Almost single-handedly. Yeah, which like had not been the case for years and years and years, which is wild. Like You think about all the guys who are in WWE right now that we all adore. Like, yeah. Like AJ Styles, like Samoa Joe, to a lesser extent, your Bobby Roods and your Eric Youngs. You know, like There clearly was a lot of talent worth watching on that program over oh, yeah. the years, but only Matt could make it like appointment television that... If you're not watching Impact right now, what is wrong with you? You are missing the Great War, my friend. Like, you know, that is a massive accomplishment. Like, he made me search out the Fight Network on my list of 900 (laughs) channels or whatever and set a series record. Only he could do that. Well, yeah, he got Desharm and I to watch the first Slammiversary that I'd watched in, I don't even know how long, and that was the Great War against... Pardon me, uh, I forget they were called, but Rosemary, uh, Crazy Steve, and Abyss. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember the, the faction's name either, but those three together. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is being able to stand out from the sort of, I don't know, just unbelievable amount of saturation in wrestling is important. And Matt Hardy with the Woken character is provenly able to do that. I hope this Bray Wyatt feud goes a while because Bray yeah. Wyatt needs rehabbing. And I think this is a feud that can really do it for him. Absolutely. This seems like probably, and Bray was involved in in the last one that really did this as well, like for the first time, a feud that's really going to get both guys over at the same time. Yeah. Probably for the first time since Bray and Roman had that feud a couple of years ago that really reinvigorated both of them. Unless you want to count Dream and Alistair. I oh, yeah, agree. of course. Yeah, yeah that's I'm, I'm thinking main roster. On no, this no, one. Yeah, 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 you're hugely right on that point. Uh, I, I do hope it has some legs as well because there's not a ton of characters that I want to see feud with Matt Hardy beyond Bray other than, like, maybe Finn Balor. Yeah. And you really need to stretch these out as long as you can because, look, even Finn Balor, if he was to feud with Matt Hardy, like, you need that to go well for him as well. Oh, for sure. Like, these are Bray and Finn desperately need rehabilitation after they just had a feud with each other that did the opposite. It was cooling for both guys Absolutely. in a way that is hard to come back from. And from a Bray Wyatt perspective, I think there's a lot of reason to believe. Look, you know me. I'm a big Bray Wyatt apologist. Yeah, sure. I'm a sure. big Bray Wyatt lookalike as well, <laughs> which might have something to do with it. But uh, well, he's also very good. Yes, like, like he. There's a lot to like about him if he's used correctly. Yeah, which he often is not. But you know, I worry that if this doesn't go well for him that he's just done, that this is the make-or-break Bray Wyatt feud, that if this is not a smash like we all hope it will be, he like he's just finished. I can't see him having a big rehabbing feud that isn't this. Well, he could always go join the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but That's... I do think you're right. If he was ever going to have that moment where he feels big again, this is the feud to do it in. And I think that they are capable of having this. I think it's going to be really interesting to compare the the House of Horrors match he had, sort of the last out-of-arena pay-per-view match we had, with whatever the blow-off to this with Woke and Matt is. Because I also suspect, I hope at least, that they let Matt Hardy get involved creatively and let them do a, a great war. What was the one before that called? It was the, the first Hardy... Uh, uh, the Final Deletion. The Final Deletion. Like, if they let them go 20 minutes out-of-arena... I'm not saying go to the Hardy compound, but obviously Matt Hardy's brain is a great place for ideas that are going to stick, and Bray Wyatt can thrive in these situations too. Less creepy, more wacky, but still supernatural and out there. I'm all in on this feud. Yeah, it really is dependent on uh, 
uh, Vince and perhaps more importantly Kevin Dunn being willing to surrender that degree of creative control to Matt Hardy because it's not just uh, you know the writing of it, which I think you know guys do get to take the ball and run with that. Yeah, no one's writing for Broken Matt. It, it is the visual style as well because when they tried to do this, when we had that feud that was New Day versus the Wyatt family, and they went to the Wyatt compound. Oh yeah. It, and they tried to do like these different camera techniques and stuff to try and ape what had been successful for TNA. It flopped. Dude, I totally it forgot that fell happened. fell on its face. It was really, really bad. And, like, clearly Matt knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? he's, a, he's proven. What else do you want? Uh, there was somebody else from TNA Creative who was heavily involved in the I creation. forget his name, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's not Lagana. It's fucking um, uh, somebody else whose name is escaping me. So maybe... Jimmy Jacobs. No, though he is part of TNA Creative <laughs> at the moment. Uh, it's it's But, like, you know, maybe you do risk losing something not having... Uh, you know, that guy be involved. I wish I could remember his name. This is really yeah. embarrassing for me. That's okay. But I do still think that, like, Matt knows enough that this was self, like, it was literally self-funded. They paid to produce their own segments here. Yeah. Like, what more could you want uh, in terms of creative control? Like, Kevin Dunn needs to surrender the visual control, and that might be a steep ask in the current WWE climate at the same time. If they don't get that, is this going to work? Oh, boy. It's going to have a lot harder time working. If it looks like the the WWE sterilized version of the the Great War or the Final Deletion, they're, they're going to be in for hard times ahead of them as far as I'm concerned because so much of what was great about what they were doing in TNA is how different it felt, that it was just put through this different lens. There's too much legs to that, and I do think that WWE in this instance has to recognize that, that you know this was something that put TNA on the mark, and like you said, brought them back to relevancy, something that they probably haven't been able to lay claim to since about 2005 or so. Uh, I think they have to let Matt Hardy be as involved creatively as possible here. Will they let him? I have my hesitations, and to your direct question, will it work if they don't? Not as well, but I still think Matt Hardy's going to have so much fan goodwill that that's going to be able to carry him for a while. Uh, to answer your earlier question, it's Decay was the name of ah. the faction from the Great War. Thank you. But I was not able to find the name of uh, the creative guy who I'm Did you hear how here. long I was talking I while did, you were looking yeah, and I did appreciate that. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But let's talk about this segment from this week in particular, because it felt like not dissimilar from the typical Bray Wyatt promo that we actually get, but yeah. just the interruptions from Matt like and, the, and his wild laugh at oh. the end. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it, so good. It was just like it it's that perfect counterpoint that like you don't necessarily need to change a lot about Bray Wyatt's character so much as the way that he's utilized and like putting him in this with somebody who actually plays well opposite him like a perfect foil who has a similar strange energy but from maybe like a different extreme yes man it was just like to me that was the best segment on raw in ages i agree just in the closing seconds here i just need a one word answer or a two word or a three word we only have eight seconds do we see vanguard one king maxwell senor benjamin uh, with this woken matt character yeah i mean we've already seen senor benjamin in a in a youtube video anyways Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. 
Yeah, Senior Benjamin, uh, they like they did a, a YouTube video before Raw where like Woken Matt announced his return basically and said, Senor Benjamin, fetch the my cloak of battle or whatever. Oh, very good. But, I am excited for yeah, that. Yeah, and uh, just one last final note here. Jeremy Borash. Jeremy Borash. whose name escaped me. Big bad Borash, like yeah. you're always calling him. Exactly. I'm always talking about him, which makes it crazy that I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> you're never not talking about Jeremy Borash. <laughs> yes. Sounds like a food, his last name. A little bit. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Boy, you want some Borash? <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, like, like Mama a, used to make. Yeah, like a Middle Eastern rice dish. I was thinking more like an Eastern European stew. Yeah, that works too. Just, do you want to play a little Sunday night tweet? I would love to. In fact, it's a tweet where I saw the return of Senor Benjamin, so it all <sighs> ties in. You are the segue master, the wrestling pariah. Here we go, Justin. Do you know what Sunday night tweet is, Justin? I do, but I feel like the folks at home might not. Well, then how about I explain it? I Every would... week, I, Josh Custodio, scour Twitter.com, a website you and I both know well. You can follow you at at Justin Morris, and me at Josh C with a zero instead of an O. And the show at Top Marks Pod. Oh, who cares about that? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I look through Twitter and sort of look for the the wackiest or uh, just any sort of tweet that seems uh, extraordinary yeah, to me. Yeah. Uh, I then read them aloud to Justin, and poor Justin has to try and guess based off almost no information who on the WWE active roster tweeted these tweets. Now, two weeks ago, I went a perfect five for five, and then last oh, week, are we still talking about that? Destroy me, you. <laughs> A speed round, which did not go well for old JMO. Well, then I have bad news for you. Which is? This week is called Sunday Night Tweet Super Speed Round. What? I have to guess in even shorter than 15 seconds? You have one second. No, no. Justin, we're back to the standard. Okay, perfect. We're back to standard Sunday Night Tweet here. I think your ego's been brought down. Oh, uh, I was very humble <laughs> last week. Believe me. Perfect. Well, then, Justin, why don't we start? With tweet number one. Sounds like a perfect place to start. Well, I don't know what you mean by that. You should start right there. I'm going to start with tweet number two then. Oh, no. I would prefer it if you did not do that. <laughs> okay, here I go. That's Doing my Paul one. Heyman voice for I some reason. Tell. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good, actually. Can we hear Jim Cornette? I don't have one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just uh, Kevin Owens is too damn fat, if you ask me. <laughs> that, that sounded nothing like him, <laughs> as promised. Ah, Kevin Owens go. is a big old fat guy, and I hate him. Motherfucker. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> just a tweet number one this week is a, a quote tweet that the kids love, right out the gate. And it's a, a picture of three WWE superstars. I can't tell you who they are. That would give them away. Uh, but the, the first tweet says, the lads. The lads. It's a picture, and it's being quote tweeted by who you must guess by saying, it's a great hashtag Rusev day. It's a great hashtag Rusev day. Quote tweeting a photo that just says, the lads. The lads. So who is saying it's a great Rusev day? Ooh. I'm I'm not sure because I like there's two people who do that primarily <laughs> and that's Rusev and Aiden English. It is neither of them. It is neither of them. Neither. It is not even someone from SmackDown Live, Justin. What? <laughs> and he's, is it a Raw superstar? It is a Raw superstar. Okay, and he's saying it's a great Rusev day with And he the is in the photo and Rusev is in the photo as well. Oh my god. Oh, this is hard. Fuck me. So they've got a, th- a photo of three WWE superstars. Rusev is in the photo. And 
Uh, what do you think of Justin? Walk me through your thought process here. Who? who okay, we the, can start okay. with. The, well, the lads. I, who, who says the lads? Yeah, that's a way that you can get here. I feel like I feel like that's kind of uh, like Seamus and Cesaro sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Because uh, that, like, they're always going out and doing press and stuff together. Yeah, ladding it up. And, and, uh, well, the other the other people who refer to themselves as the lads is like the cruiserweight crew. Oh, okay. Uh, of you know, of like the Zo, like the guys who we call the Zo Train, probably call themselves the lads. Okay, you know? well, listen, I'm following the line of thinking, but who do you think <sighs> thinks it's a great Rusev day? I'm I'm gonna look. I I'm leaning Irish here. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna take o- like over the Scottish. It's not Noem Dar because uh, we all know where his tweets go. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. That's number about. two. No, and I mean by that they're poop. They belong in the toilet. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with Seamus. Justin, you were so close. The tweet being quoted is Seamus. But the man who thinks it's a great Rusev day is, is the Swiss Superman. Fuck me, Antonio Cesaro. That's the, oh, god damn it. Sorry, Justin. That's okay. I was super close. Yeah, though. good good line of thinking, and it got you really close. Yeah, you know, go close isn't exactly. No, I should have been. No, you, that's true. The lads should have been a giveaway that it was Seamus's tweet. I thought you might originally. Get that. Yeah, fuck me. I really blew it on that one. Justin, are you ready for tweet number two? I am. Yeah. Justin, this one is spelt in extremely weird ways. Before you so even read it, can I guess who it is? <laughs> what do you mean? No, no, it's okay. You can read it first. No, you want to guess blind? Yeah, I, I okay. feel like the force is like it's strong with me you right now. You don't even want like the first word? I turned my targeting computer off. I'm going to go for the shot. Okay. I think I, I, think I, I I'm going to hit the exhaust port here. Go ahead. Is it Noam Dar? Justin. <laughs> yes. Is the Scottish Supernova <laughs> Noam Dar? What did he say this week? How did you know that? Oh, just a feeling I had. Well, I'll let you know what he said anyway, because as always, he is fantastic. And he says, is there anything cooler than a car driving past you with a Doug hanging there? <laughs> heed, oot the window, and gangster rap blasted full whack? The answer is nah. Yeah, no, I full that's... That's maybe his best tweet yet. It's very strong. Just I understand what he's talking about, and I agree. <laughs> and that really is all a tweet needs. <laughs> Justin, tweet number three is headed your way. Are you ready? Yes. I know I skipped the November Spotify workout playlist, so the December one is going to be twice as long and more devastating than all of them before. Sprinkled with a hint of seasonal greetings, of course. This is a superstar... Who shares a monthly Spotify workout playlist. That's right, which you would think that is uh, devastating uh, in general, but this one more devastating than the others. With some seasonal greetings. With a little bit of seasonal greetings. That's right. Hmm. Oh, well, we know that there's a handful of people who... Are, they they really do like their music. Yeah, who flies the music flag in WWE? Uh, Eric Young from yeah. time to time been known to do that. He does. Uh, who else is super into music here? Uh, hmm. Well, while we're like on the metal point, which of course that's usually what Eric Young is listening to. Well, I think he's more of a punk guy. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. At least my musical tastes align with Eric Young more than this guy. Well, okay. It's not Eric Young. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Devastating. I, Who would listen yeah. to devastating music? Devastating. Uh, 
probably like the kind of music that would like rouse you from the dead that you would like go from lying down to just standing straight up as oh you heard my God. it uh i don't know but like there's so <laughs> many because read that again read read the whole tweet again I know I skipped the November Spotify workout playlist, so the December one is going to be twice as long and more devastating than all of them before. Sprinkled with a bit, or with a hint of seasonal greetings, that's, of course. That's so, like, wordy and articulate for the guy I'm thinking of. Like, it's, you know, like, he's a man of few words, that Alistair Black. Is that your guess? I think so. Justin, it is Alistair Black! <laughs> <laughs> you... You, there's still some fire in you. Oh yeah. You have not. Uh, you have not given up. I have. N- I certainly have not. No, but uh, yeah, that seems like because when we, we've had some Alistair Black tweets before, it's usually music based. And, yeah. But he's. But he's very like. He's, you know, it'll be like one sentence. He leaves yeah. a lot of characters on the table. Is <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. That's why I thought you wouldn't get this because it's a 280 character tweet. Honestly, the first person I was thinking of was like Alexa Bliss that she would have like a workout playlist. Okay, or maybe even Dana Brooke. She's yeah. big into the the fitness scene. Yeah. Anyway, Justin, let's move on to tweet number four. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I reckon they wasn't ready. Are you? Hashtag Wildling. Hashtag different. What the fuck? I reckon they wasn't ready. Are you? This was my favorite tweet I saw this week, by the way. Hashtag wildling. Hashtag different. (laughs) What the fuck? Uh, I reckon they wasn't ready, Justin. It sounds like you aren't either. They wasn't ready. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, I'm like you're both laughing uproariously, <laughs> which means I it's probably somebody like extra <laughs> random that I'm never going to be able to guess. I just uh, I showed Mike off Mike for the listeners. That's okay. the other laugh you might hear. Um, I'm going to go with <laughs> the Drifter, Elias. Justin, it is not the Drifter, Elias. It is a woman who I suspect is going to be making a lot of Sunday night tweet appearances. It's the, maybe from Mars, maybe from Kentucky, it's Sarah Logan. Oh, really? I reckon they wasn't ready. <laughs> Are you? I think there's not enough people using hashtag different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or hashtag wildling, either. <laughs> Just uh, hashtag different. Just be ready for the fifth tweet this weekend. You should be looking out for more Sarah Logan ones in the future. <laughs> okay. okay. She, she may take a Noam Dar role. I here. mean, you seems like you just hate her for some reason. Well, I watched the program. Ah, Did right, you see right. her promo on Monday? Uh that, uh, that or would be t- on Tuesday, Tuesday, sorry. Yeah, she's probably the the weakest talker of that crew. No, she's probably the weakest talker on television. <laughs> <laughs> like by a margin. <laughs> she she is she could well, not yeah, get just, her sentences out. Just don't you know, don't have her speak. She doesn't need to speak. She can be a silent destroyer. Do they even have barbecue in that socialist state, <laughs> Daniel? <laughs> Are you ready for the fifth tweet this week, Justin? I am, yeah. I am the true or sorry. I'm going to restart. I am the one true monster of WWE. All others are pretenders. All others will be destroyed. I am the one true monster of WWE. Yep. All others are pretenders. All others will be destroyed. Correct, Justin. Well, there was one man this week who was challenged about being a monster. Oh, who was that? That was the boy Braun Strowman. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that was Papa Braun himself. Oh, I don't because, remember that. Because he was challenged by uh, 
the big red machine who said, you may be the monster among men, but are you the monster among monsters? Wow. That's... Now, if there's only one true monster and all others are pretenders who will be destroyed, it sounds to me like this could be either Braun or Kane, because that would tie into what Kane said in his promo also, but... Who's better on social media? Who? I, I, yeah, I'm going to go with Papa Braun. Braun! It, it is, is Braun, Justin! Braun. I pl- guess Kane instead? I really almost did. That would have been... Uh, <laughs> didn't you talk yourself out of one last week where you were right and then you kept Yes, talking? I did. I did. Yeah. What did you do here? You went three for five. That's pretty good. Yeah, I almost went four for five, too. I just picked the wrong member of the bar. Well, I'm, I'm only giving you three out of five points. Well, that's okay. I'm going to give myself three and a half in my no. mental scoring. Nope. I'm allowed to do whatever I want no, you're not. my own brain. No, you're yeah, not. I think I am. Stop it. No, I'm doing it. I hate it. <laughs> Turn off your... Nope, you can't stop me. <laughs> well, I'm going to stop you <laughs> in round number three. Round three. Fight. <laughs> Justin, I've got another confession to make. Sure. I think we're just doing this round because you want to talk about how you were at a party. I No, I already <laughs> talked about that last week. I know, but you're always going on no, and on I about this party. I don't. You're it's all... not... It's look. In, it's just in the same way that I, um, you know, used to use my girlfriend's op- opinions, my now ex girlfriend's, yeah, rest in peace, as like the example of like a casual fan. Like, yeah, what what the casuals think. Uh, I now am using like my buddy who just got into it as like you know the the voice of. Of of a new fan, you know. Now, is your buddy also a listener? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay. So he's probably going to get extra joy out of the fact that we're going to spend like an entire fifteen minutes talking about him, and you know. His Am I still allowed to be opinions? mean to him Absolutely. if I don't? Okay. Yeah. yeah, go yeah. For yeah. It. I don't yeah. want to like scare off any listeners, but you know, if you don't like AJ Styles, there's something yeah, wrong fuck with you. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah for so, but you know, like we talked about earlier, we're going to try and come up here in the next fifteen minutes with the definitive list of matches that you must watch to really have an understanding of what wrestling is in 2017. And I would love to hear back from the listeners, because I'm sure there's going to be things that we miss on this list yeah. that are, are critical to it. So I'd love to hear some people tweet us at Pod. Let us know what we missed on this list, because I'm sure there's going to be some egregious uh, misses. And look, this is not one of those things. Usually when we try to tackle a big question like this, you and I, we already know what the answer is before we head into it. This time, we're really just going to hash this out on the fly, because I feel like that might be more conducive to to great radio or podcasting, as the case may be, because we might uh, you know, have some disagreements along the way here in terms of what matches should be included and what matches shouldn't be. Well, like Jeff Goldblum, once said, fuck it, we'll do it live. That was definitely not Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, it was. Jeff Goldblum once said, life finds a way. No, well, he also did say that. <laughs> You're right. But mostly he was going on about how he would fuck it. He'd do it live. No, I don't think that is what he said. That is for sure Bill O'Reilly. Justin, I think to explain the modern era, you have to start with the triple threat between CM Punk, the big guy Ryback and John Cena. The match that is uh, famous has the Shield debut in it. You have three guys, not really at the peak of their game, but definitely three guys that are worthwhile in the modern era. And an introduction of three guys who, of course, go on to maybe even define it in the Shield. Uh, what do you think of that as a starting point? I, I think it's a good entry point. It might go back a little further than is necessary. Okay. Because I think you can understand what the Shield are without watching their very first moment. Uh, and it's interesting to think now, like, in terms of this era, like, Punk has probably 
been gone for longer than he was a part of it. That's know? heartbreaking. But it's probably true. When did he leave? Right 2012? 2013? 2014. 14. 14, yes. So, I mean, what are we calling this era of wrestling? What really begins this era? It's probably the pipe bomb itself. Yeah, the pipe bomb or the shield are which the only is two that come to mind. 2011, I think, is the pipe yeah, bomb. Yeah, 2011. And so if we're, you know, six years into this, yeah, like he was a part of it for just as long as he's been gone at this time. But see, at least having the shield enter and lay waste to three guys of that caliber, I think, did really establish them. There's really not a bigger breakthrough than, than, than those guys brought in and then kept undefeated for so long. So. And, and that is kind of a big match as well in terms of, like, who were the major draws outside of, you know, bef- like before the Shield guys got put to the top and that's where they are now, yeah. who were the big three? You know, I think it's probably Daniel Bryan and not Ryback himself How necessarily. Uh, but that's this is very indicative of like where WWE was at the time. So I, I will I will allow this. You I think this, me is a a, this is a fine pick. Uh, There's I'm, no way we're going to do this in 15 minutes. I know. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, who do we do we include best versus beast? I think to Ooh. to the both of us, it is a great match. It is one of the best matches of this era. Yes, but is it necessarily pivotal to watch it to understand where wrestling is at this point? I think if we're gonna pick a one-on-one match with Brock Lesnar, that the John Cena squash is probably more important overall. Yeah, I agree with both your points. While it's obviously nowhere near as good of a match to explain how we got where we are, him chucking John Cena over his head a hundred times is definitely going to need inclusion on this list i think we're we're, we're kind of coming up with like a syllabus right now yeah for like, that's right for like wrestling 101 basically correct like the the key texts to uh being a, a real expert 2011 till now the essentials well yeah because i mean if you're hopping in at this point you probably have some understanding and memory of the attitude era but i would assume that a lot of what's happened in the last 15 years or so is probably a big mystery to you yeah uh, so what what would be something else that we need to put on this? I, I think you have to have Seth Rollins cashing in during the Roman and Brock match, right? That I, has to be on there. I definitely firmly agree with that. I don't yes. know if that's next chronologically, but it's definitely something that needs to be on this top ten yeah, list. Yeah, we can kind of fall off chronological order okay, at this cool. point because it's going to be hard to keep up with that over the course of the next ten minutes or so. Sure. So Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Uh, with, For obvious reasons. With Seth cash in. Yeah, absolutely. It establishes Seth as the massive heel that he was at the time. In that vein, I am also going to include Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns with the Dean cash in as being kind of like the perfect bookend to this match. I think that has to be included. You're talking about the Money in the Bank match. I was there in Las Vegas where my guy, me, Dean Ambrose, cashed in. What a night. I was extremely drunk. It was an amazing evening. I think you have to put that in because it also establishes the rock, paper, scissors relationship between Roman and Seth the Dean, where after the cash-in and then the singles match, Seth is still getting over on Roman. But guess who's there with the money in the bank? To beat Seth. Tremendous. Dean waiting in the wings. I think that's a great choice. And then Roman beats Dean ultimately as well. Of course. It's just a perfect triangle of which guys can beat who within the shield. Yeah, you you need to have that on there. Uh, Do we also include the Brock Lesnar versus John Cena versus Seth Rollins triple threat from the Royal Rumble? That was going to be my next pick. It's it's an amazing match. I think in some ways that's kind of the best WWE match in our generation. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's the one that I've tried to get people into wrestling with the most. I, I go back and watch it. I really enjoy it. I'll say the Rumble triple threat. Seth Rollins, John Cena, Brock Lesnar. You, you're pretty sure that also belongs? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we I made the argument against uh, including uh, Brock versus 
punk and that like storyline wise there's nothing that carried over in terms of like where we're at right now and really there's not much storyline wise within this match either i just think it's such a wonderful match like just so fucking excellent that you can't not include it i agree uh, Justin, I, I think you may uh, shit all over this one, quite frankly, but but I'm going to say that uh, it deserves inclusion, and that's the Shield Triple Threat match. The the from, Dean from Payback. The, I think wasn't it Battle Battleground? Yes, Battleground? you're right. Yeah. yeah, sorry, my bad. I think that needs to be included because it's the moment that these three truly collide. The alliances are done, and this is this is the blow off before the brand split. What do you think of that as its inclusion? Mm, I'm not as big a fan of that match as you are. Sure. Because, I mean, I know you're a big-time Dean guy. Yeah. And honestly, look, I, th- I think there is a case for it to be included because I might not have a Dean Ambrose match on my list. Well, and you have Roman winning the belt and Seth winning the belt. I think Dean winning the belt. Or I don't know if he wins. We, we've it got there, the Dean cash in earlier, right? 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 And, right. and Dean defends the belt here. Right. Uh, I, oh, dude, I love that Rollins Ambrose feud that they had oh, the, the latter prior match. as well. Uh, but I don't know that there's really like a, a a crackling match that's in there that needs to be included. And you kind of dude the ladder. I think just having Dean cash in on Seth in that yeah. Money in the Bank match is enough for that. And I want to change gears a little bit here because I feel like we need to incorporate some AJ Styles at this point. Oh boy. And we probably need to incorporate some Kevin Owens right now as well if you're going to really get a full picture of where we're at in terms of wrestling in 2017. And for Kevin Owens, the match that I might include for him is not necessarily a match that he's even in. Hit me. And that is Sami Zayn versus Adrian Neville for the yeah. NXT title. I think you either have to do that or, or Owens versus Cena one. Oh, I was going to say Owens versus Zayn. Oh, yeah. Because that the had such bar. a wonderful finish also. I'm going to go. I actually like your initial lean there, Justin. I like Zayn and Neville. It shows that takeovers are a big deal. Things can happen, and it sets the stage for Kevin Owens just being the guy for a minute. Yeah, um, and uh, hmm, and you would you would you do Cena versus Owens at uh, Elimination Chamber? See, I feel like the flaw with this list is Cena keeps losing on it. Yeah, <laughs> so we've never established that beating Cena is something. Here he's losing to Brock. He's losing to the Shield in the in the TLC. Or well, the- he might win depending on which Cena AJ match we pick. That's true. Because uh, I personally lean towards SummerSlam as being the best of their three, but I know that there are a lot of people who think that they outdid themselves again at the Rumble. Well, those people are extremely silly. I'm with you, <laughs> Justin, and I think we should put the AJ versus Cena uh, SummerSlam match on there. Um, okay, so are we? We're on board with this. Neville versus Zane. I can I can put that on the list. Uh, yes, tentatively. It yes. may come off. Let's it, see all the numbers. Okay, go. okay. So we're are we going to cap this at ten and then try and make some cuts here? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we have at the moment eight matches on our already. List. Yes. Oh my god. And that's goodness. with AJ versus Cena and Neville versus Zane. Oh my uh, goodness. We, is there more from AJ that needs to be included beyond that SummerSlam match with Cena? I think we don't need anything else from AJ. Jeez, uh, this is, is tricky. Is there is there like a Bray Wyatt match or? Well, I uh, was gonna say Shield versus the Wyatts is the introduction of two factions at the absolute top. The the Wyatts win, which that was Elimination was Chamber in 2014, I think. 2014, yes. correct. Oh, I, yeah, that's a great match too. And, oh, it's a barn burner. And would you include that over either of the Shield Evolution matches? Definitely, yeah. It's the bigger match for me, the better match, and it, the introduction of the Wyatts is important too. Now. 
<laughs> we'll see how important that <laughs> is still in the future. But uh, for now, Bray Wyatt's still, you know, not a completely de depleted force in WWE. Are we missing anything major? Because we're at nine matches right now. Like, we, we do technically have room for best versus beast in our top ten at the moment. But is that a pivotal moment that you would want to use to educate someone on what wrestling is? I feel like you have to have a Braun and Roman in there yeah. if you're going to express the modern era. Or at least some Something sort of... Something with Braun. Yeah. And I don't necessarily, like, do we include the SummerSlam main from this year? It was very uh. entertaining, but the dynamic was very similar to Cena, Seth... Brock. That's true. Uh, just a, it was a big time Haas battle instead of having Cena and Seth as the. Uh, the thing here is, I, I think we've built up that Roman Reigns is the man throughout this list, and Braun beating him is worth something in the ambulance match. Yeah, and I guess he did kind of win that. He did. Yeah, I mean it's a weird stipulation in that like you, there's no pinfall, and Roman jumped and he, into the and ambulance. He, yeah, he speared himself into the ambulance. But Braun Strowman beating Roman Reigns still worth something. So I think you have to include their ambulance match. Uh, I'm on the fence about that. What one. are you leaning I'm, towards? I am less inclined. I don't know. I feel like there's probably another takeover match, like from NXT, of teams that have gone on to do something important. But at the moment, it's hard to think of them because. The Revival's been stalled out on the main roster, and yep. they are, of course, always stealing the show on takeovers. American Alpha never really got a main roster run. What about Nakamura? At all. Nakamura doesn't really have any, like, blow-away matches. He's just extremely charismatic. Well, the Zayn one, but I, I stand by Yeah, you. actually, the Zayn one is great. And that... Mm. Hmm. I might be inclined to go Zayn Nakamura over Zayn Neville and then Zayn Owens. Though I do really think that that Zayn Neville match is the perfect introduction of the Kevin I Owens I think you character. keep that in. I, I really do. I, hmm, this last spot. I feel like we have a really good nine here. Maybe yeah, we should just make it a list of nine. Are you surprised at how often Brock Lesnar has been included on this list? <sighs> Yes, but it does make sense, right? They've made him the moments guy. This has been his era. It's his era insofar as uh, importance to minutes on television. Nobody has a stronger ratio than him or weaker, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of the guy that we harp on all the time for being the reason why wrestling feels like stalled out and boring week to week because your champion just isn't even there. But at the same time, like... It, there's no denying that it has kept him special, and the times that he is around are clearly pivotal. Like, uh, we could even go so far as to include, like, his Undertaker match, but yeah. I, I do feel like the Cena squash, you know, uh, it's a huge moment to break the streak, but, like, uh, how do you measure that versus, you know, being uh, the guy who just squashes John Cena. I still like you need to beat the streak to get there, but I think everything else on our list establishes that he is there. You know what we're missing right now that I think is the number 10 is Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. There's no way. Yeah. Like if you're going to if you're going to pick one of the matches with Bryan from that WrestleMania it Except has that to Triple, be the H Triple H is still H on top right now and Daniel Bryan doesn't wrestle. So That's it doesn't true. it doesn't get us here all that well. That's true. I just feel like in understanding the the modern era and like the kind of indification of WWE. Yeah, it's very, it's an, it's a, it's the biggest moment that there is, well, and I, I think Punk probably you could make the argument as well, uh, but of course he loses the <laughs> the Lesnar match and he loses a lot of his, and the Triple H his key moments there. Um, <laughs> Insanity. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna as number ten because I mean you had Braun Roman. I'd Andrews rather have match. Best vs Beast or Roman Braun. Really? Yeah. 
I just think it's uh, maybe it's my own bias of how much I fucking love Daniel Bryan getting in the way right now. This round feels the most like how we actually speak when we're just like bullshitting around on a couch. Yeah. I'm curious to see if this is good to listen to or not. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with Bryan versus Triple H, and that is our definitive list right now. It took 15 minutes to come up with it. <laughs> I know it, the 15 minutes has expired, but I'm going to read the list in totality. Do it, Justin. Right now, it's John Cena versus CM Punk versus Ryback, the Shield's debut. It is Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns with Seth cashing in. It is Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns with Dean cashing in. It is Brock Lesnar versus John Cena, the Cena squash. It is John Cena versus Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins, the Rumble triple threat. It is Rollins versus Reigns versus Ambrose, the Battleground triple threat. It is AJ versus Cena from SummerSlam. It is Neville versus Zayn at TakeOver. It is The Shield versus The Wyatts at Elimination Chamber 2014. And it is Daniel Bryan versus Triple H at WrestleMania. How did we forget the We All See? <laughs> <laughs> Justin, do you want to get into some listener questions? I would love to. Well, then why don't we do it, yeah, Justin? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I feel like that that round was kind of a listener question. That was a little bit, over yeah. 15 minutes in a way. But, uh, but what the fuck else was there to talk about this yeah, week? Yeah, not a lot, man. Not Were we going to do 15 minutes on Naya flirting with Enzo? That was weird. We thought about it. We that thought about doing 15 minutes there. It was extremely weird. I just think, I know, I'm into it, man. I Me think, too. I think it's like, you know, they, they're listening to the show once again and realizing that, you know, the, <laughs> that we have been right in the way that we keep suggesting how they should use Naya to maximum efficiency. Let Naya be a sexy lady. And let her be funny. Let her be in a comedy angle, which is ultimately what this is going to be. She did say, how you doing with all the naturalness of, like, a plastic surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still. Justin, are you ready for our first question this week? I am. Yeah, let's it's do it. It's from... Uh, I don't really know how they got a hold of the show information, but it's from Coca-Cola, oh, LLC. What? Weird. Yeah, they, they sponsored us last week, but I didn't hear back Okay. after I said that I prefer Pepsi. Oh, yeah, and once again, this week's episode is brought to you by Star Wars, The Last <laughs> Jedi, in theaters this Christmas season. We don't know the release date, but you'll be there when it comes out, I'm sure. December 15th, in fact. I just saw it on the ring board, the rinks board <laughs> ad in NHL 18 that my roommate is playing as we speak. You should force your friends to listen to Top Marks. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Justin Coca-Cola LLC asks. Hello, Michael. I hope they don't BB hate the show. And we're off. <laughs> in honor of Rusev Day. What, this is the worst show. <laughs> in honor of Rusev Day, what wrestling holiday would you want? What gifts would you give? Mm. So if you had to build your own Rusev Day. Okay. And what what sort of what would you do on it? You know, uh, celebrations of the person. Uh, you know, maybe for you it would be Kevin Owens day. Maybe. Um, uh, maybe not though. Okay. Well, that, that was the nice thing about maybe is I could have gone either way. <laughs> yes or no, I had my faces covered <laughs> by saying maybe. Uh, you know what? I am going to say that uh, my wrestling holiday yeah. is is April 6th. Because that is, it's going to be every year on April 6th. Yeah. And it's Yes Day. Oh, okay. Is that the day Daniel Bryan won? The at WrestleMania. Um, yeah. So I might have called it Yeslemania Day. Yeah. Uh, but I just feel like, and and part of the celebration is uh, just to be super positive and, and, and agreeable, uh, you have to say yes to anything that is asked of you on this day. Well, that sounds dangerous. Yeah. Uh, can I pitch a new name for it? Sure. <laughs> Yesterday, because <laughs> then you can be like, "Oh, tomorrow's yesterday." 
I hate it. But uh, I hate it too. It is, it is an honor of Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, we celebrate all that he gave to us. Uh, we sacrifice our bodies in his name. Okay. And um, yeah, we just say yes to everything that is asked of us. Cool. I like it. I'm down for it. Yeah, it sounds it could get fun. dangerous. It's like the purge, you know. No laws apply. <laughs> Does all, it? It's not you know, the purge. All murders are are illegal for one day. What if somebody asks you to murder someone? Then you have to say yes. Well, you. I mean, you can say yes to not do it, right? You just have to say yes. I mean, I feel like you just have to do anything anybody says. Oh my god, <laughs> this is a very dark holiday. Well, I don't know, man. What? What? I just, you know, you have to trust that people will not abuse the rules of the day, but. As we've learned time and time again, especially currently with American politics, you cannot trust the goodness of your fellow man. Preach. Uh, Justin, mine is taking place on November 10th. Okay. A day that's very near and dear to your heart. Why is that? Well, because it's the day before Remembrance Day. Yeah, I forgot. (laughs) It's forgetful day. (laughs) Justin, that is the big guy Ryback's birthday. Something we're all going to be celebrating on Ryback Day. Oh, hell yeah. What what do we do on Ryback Day? So Ryback Day is very exciting because it becomes... You go to Panera and you eat like seven (laughs) meals at once? (laughs) Just chicken breasts. (laughs) No, Justin, what you do on Ryback Day is steroids. Oh, really? Yeah, so steroids are all free and legal. You can get HGH on the streets on Ryback Day. Okay, so it's like on 420, you can get weed anywhere. Exactly right. Uh, you can just get like human growth hormone all over the place. That's right. And in yeah, terms so. of what gifts we give each other, of course, it's feed me more supplements. Yeah. <laughs> the the best supplements on earth made by uh, I have to assume he's a scientist now, Ryback. <laughs> Doctor Ryback. <laughs> Doctor Ryback Reeves. <laughs> uh, so that's mine, Justin. We're celebrating Ryback Day. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. It's Ryback Day. Hit me with a question, my man, my hashtag good friend. This one comes to us from the Borgman superfan at Blair Pachico. He asks, you're both hosting a Christmas potluck dinner with past and present WWE superstars. (laughs) Who are you inviting and what are they bringing? Okay, well, I think uh, to no one's surprise, the Sandman is coming over to Studio Beardhouse. He's he's providing the beers for everybody. Somehow they're just all coming out of his pocket. (laughs) He's like, he shows up what appears to be empty handed, but actually has 64 beer (laughs) on him. Sandman, why didn't you bring anything? And he's just like, kid, (laughs) just pulling out beers he's uh, a little bit like hardcore jesus in that way and yeah like, like where did he get all that bread and fish you know where did he get all those budweiser's from <laughs> i like the nickname hardcore jesus uh also coming to my potluck uh you gotta have brock lesnar yeah and do you know why that is why is that because if you remember on the stone cold podcast he did he just talked about barbecues That's for like true. 15 minutes yeah and all he does is hunt game and like eat their meat afterwards so brock's bringing the steaks he's bringing the grill uh we got beer we got steaks so far it's a good potluck and rounding out we're gonna have a little entertainment okay in english is coming oh yeah to my house for a potluck and he's gonna be our, our singing for the day oh he's not bringing any food he's just gonna sing some songs he's bringing his angelic voice all right well uh i'm also going to invite uh the drifter elias he looks like he's in need of a good hearty meal probably <laughs> because uh you know he's he's been riding the rails from town to town for so long he's super he, jacked he, he hasn't had a, he hasn't had a meal in years <laughs> 
What are so you talking he's about? Come and enjoy. He looks extremely well fed. <laughs> he's gonna come enjoy. Hey, protect the business, brother. Sorry, brother. Uh, he's gonna come enjoy a nice meal, and he's also going to be the musical accompaniment. Okay, yeah, that's to good. Aiden English. So he's gonna bring his guitar, and Aiden English is going to sing Wonderwall. <laughs> that sounds like they're gonna have to leave my house. <laughs> uh, I feel like. Uh, Mick Foley should come along as well. Oh, yeah. Got some good stories. Yeah, of course. And he's probably going to bring uh, mashed potatoes. Well, I feel like he'd bring like his Santa get up. Yeah. Because he loves being Santa. Oh, so this is a holiday party? I think so. I don't okay, remember the question. Okay. I thought it was for, like what food they're going to bring. No, Anyways, I think it's like, hang on, I'll reread Mick the Foley's question. bringing mashed potatoes to match his lumpy body. A, a Christmas pot <laughs> of Christmas pot luck. I can't keep it together. Today. Yeah, he's definitely going to be our Santa for sure. Yeah. Um, and Do who, we want Stone Cold just to like... No, you know what? We're going to give Santa the night off for Mick Foley. Like, oh, okay. Because Mick Foley, uh, we have a, f- a friend, a new friend that we've made recently. Who's that? Uh, his name escapes me at the moment. Wow, he seems he's like a comedian. He's a- and he was at uh, 12 Kings for the viewing of uh, the most recent pay-per-view. Jordan Deschamps? No. <laughs> Jordan is not our new friend. <laughs> well, I don't know. Buddy from Winnipeg who worked on the movie with Mick Foley. Oh, yeah. I forget his name, too. He seems like a very nice guy. He, he- said he was going to listen to the show. Yeah. Uh, he told us that he worked on this movie with Mick Foley and that in between takes Mick could not stand up like he needed to have a an office chair rolled over to him at all times because he just does not have it in him in his body to you know stand and be a human being day to day which is horrible so because of that keeping that in mind we're gonna give Mick the night off in terms of being Santa yeah he can bring his costume if he wants sure but he doesn't have to like you know be, do the full thing. He can just stay seated and enjoy Sandman's beers and Brock's meats. And okay, all that yeah, I like that. So we're because we're back gonna bring to Braun Strowman oh, is our Santa yeah. Claus. F- great idea, yeah, and he's, Justin. And he's gonna bring a Christmas tree. Yes, that he cut down <laughs> yeah, or he, like pulled out of the exactly. ground. Exactly, he just pulled it right out of the ground and carried it to our home. I'm very excited for this Christmas potluck. Yeah, <laughs> the only food is steak that Brock's bringing. <laughs> yeah. Hey. San- Mick Foley brought mashed potatoes. Okay, so, we got a yeah. side. And beer. That sounds That's pretty good, more actually. Do you I was going to say sounds pretty good. Yeah. I'm sure that, like, Braun can bring some, like, corn or something. <laughs> Why would Braun offer Because he's a country boy. Oh, he's country strong. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this one comes to us from at Lorenzo Meow, <laughs> a.k.a. Doug, Doug Crab. Crab. My guy. And he says, if Justin were to face off against Josh, oh. what would your respective entrance songs and finishing move slash name be? Oh. Also, who would win the match? Oh, boy, this is a lot. Okay, I- I've always thought uh, Pulmonary Archery by Alexis on Fire would make good entrance music. Okay. Starts out soft, yeah, coming in with a little bit of screaming, a little bit of action. That, that would be my, my entrance music. Uh, we've talked about what our finishers would be before, right? Yeah, my entrance music is going to be Vaccination Scar by The Tragically Hip. Okay. Uh, Rest just has like a, a good like pulse to it and... And it's a little bit more like lyric heavy and singing than your typical WWE entrance sure. is. For the longest time when I was a kid and was like doing backyard wrestling shit, not that I was ever a backyard wrestler, but I mean, I was for a little bit. Sounds like you uh, were. Xavier's going to kill you. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was like 12 or 13. Well, Xavier Galaxy the, coming for you. That is not the same as being a backyard wrestler when you're fucking like in your 20s, okay? Like that's... 
her, like a horrifically bad idea. I'm talking like trampoline wrestling okay. before I was even a teenager. All right, all right. But my entrance music at that point was "Wake Up" by Rage Against the Machine, oh, of course. Uh, which has like a like that that riff is like perfect for wrestling, yeah, as sure. like a sting. Yeah. Uh, our, okay, your finishing move. I don't remember what yours was. Package pile driver. Oh yeah. Do you remember what mine was? No, I don't. It's probably something submission based. I would think. I would yeah. think I'd do a submission. Yeah, probably. Like an arm triangle choke. Yeah. Or like an anaconda device in wrestling would okay. probably be my finisher. Okay. Take from the punker. Um, so who's going to win? Is it you or me? Who's going over? It's kind of tough because you're a lot bigger and stronger than me. Yeah. But I have martial arts training. I still think you'd win. Just like use my like brawler. You're uh, stronger than me. Like I feel like you could throw me around. Yeah, probably. So I'll say I'll say Justin wins. And the finish. What's the finish? I'm going to put you through a table at the end. I, think. <laughs> I would. You know I'd be down for that. Yeah. I want a hardcore wrestle. Yeah, I cannot keep you down. So ultimately, I have to put you through a table. Well, this sounds like a good match. Mm. Uh, it's the same table from our potluck, also. <laughs> McFoley and yeah. Sandman and yeah, Brock and stack. There. There's a massive stack of Sandman's empty beers in the middle of the table, like a an empty like beer pyramid, essentially. <laughs> I want to go through that. And I, yeah, I'm going to powerbomb you through the beer pyramid through the table for the win. In kayfabe, though, that would strengthen me going through all that oh, beer. Yeah, yeah. I'd like no sell it, pop up, be like, <laughs> "Oh, you awoke the dead of werewolf." <laughs> Justin, I don't know how I, I always end up being the one to read out this man's questions because I don't think I've ever said his name wrong, right. So I apologize to Fruits Are Christmasable at Fruits Are Edible. Craig yeah, Tamble. No, you, you did it that time. Thank God. And Craig Tamble, we can all say that. Friend name. of the show. Yeah. He says, you start up a wrestling-themed brewery. What's its name and what wrestlers are becoming your beers? Bonus points for bad puns. And then he lists some good examples underneath that. Okay. Uh, including one I especially like. Roman Reigns is an IPA because IPAs are ubiquitous and overrated. <laughs> Got him. Justin, what, do you have a, a brewery name in mind? Uh, I'm going to go with Brusev. <laughs> well, that's good. I like that. Because I, I couldn't figure out how to tie him into any of specific beers. Okay. So, yeah, it's just going to be the name of my brewery in general is Brusev Machka. Mine is Apollo Brews. Apollo Brews. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Thanks. I'm like, that actually sounds like a, a real brewery name, whereas mine is just some guy's name. I like yours, too. All right. Well, you, you beat me there. All right, Justin. You got any beer names for I us? do. I do. You know, uh, everybody loves a good pale ale from I time do, to yeah, time. sure. That's kind of the beer that I broke in on when I was in high school. Okay. Uh, uh, and I'm going to, uh, you know, the good folks at Brusev have come up with uh, their own take on the pale ale, which is called the Bad Luck Pale Ale. <laughs> <laughs> bad Luck Pale Ale, a take on Bad Luck Pale. Yes. Oh, that is excellent. Uh, Justin, uh, over at Apollo Brews, will answer with uh, the Shields Triple. Powerball. Oh, that's very good, actually. Thank you very much. Um, hmm. Uh, I've got the Jack Lagger. <laughs> These are good. <laughs> Can I list off a few of mine? I wrote yeah, some go down. For it. Go for it. Uh, the Alistair Black Porter, the Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunkel, <laughs> and finally, Bach Lesnar. Okay. Uh,. I've got the Dean Amber O's Ale. Pretty good. Uh, I've got a Brian Pilsner. Pretty good. Uh, 
I've, I've got, uh, what else do I have here? Fuck. Oh, you know what? I got the best of all. I saved the best one for last. Go ahead. Big Guy PA. <laughs> and that is a rye IPA. <laughs> We're using, of course, the branding of the big guy himself. Uh, he'd probably sue us. Yeah. Uh, considering how he once poached a Photoshop I did and posted it to his own Instagram, then blocked me. Really? Have I, not I told remember you this? that actually. Yeah. yeah. Right back street boys. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> he posted he t- to his Instagram and blocked it. me. And then on when Twitter. you were like, hey man, a little credit would be nice, he said, fuck you, bud. <laughs> credit this. Yeah. You asshole. Which sucks because I've been like the Ryback apologist for the better part of a decade, and now the guy turns his back on me. Oh, you know what? I have one last beer style here. Go ahead. It's the two and three quarter kickstout. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. It's not as funny as it is, like, clever and good. Exactly. I like it. Justin, our uh, last question this week comes to a man sitting about eight inches from my right, (laughs) at Mike Mellon on Twitter, Mike Noble. And you have to read this one, not me. Okay. He says, fantasy book, a JBL-esque gimmick makeover and main event push for any bum jobber on the current roster. Okay. Bonus points if it's a cruiserweight into a believable main event title run. Okay, I, I, I don't think I could get any way, any way that I could get a cruiserweight to the main title with any sort of believability just with the state of the division and since Neville doesn't really count because he's off right now. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Tyler Breeze here. I'm gonna okay. take Tyler Breeze from uh, so the Fashion Files runs its course. Okay, the him and Fandango they solve some mysteries. They have I don't even know if they necessarily need to break up, but they they have a, a parting of the ways. Pardon me. Tyler Breeze, we're going to serious him the hell up. Uh, because when he was, I don't know if you remember, he never held the NXT title, but they had him at the higher end. Like, everybody who did win he was the title. In, he was in number one contender matches quite often. Like, on most takeovers, yeah. it felt like. And when he would get into serious mode, when he, what's the finisher called? The beauty shot? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the rolling kick, whatever you call that. When he has that really heavy strike-based offense in the turnbuckles, he had a real viciousness as a heel that I'd really like to extrapolate and bring to the forefront of the Tyler Breeze character. And I think with the, the backing of the Fashion Files, taking that silliness, and he can just shit on it. You can say, what a waste of time. This was so stupid. Crumple it up into a ball and toss it in the trash. We're elevating Tyler Breeze to the main event by being a real dickhead. And that's his gimmick is that he's just an asshole. Not not only just an asshole, but somebody who's like resentful of his past and anyone who enjoyed it. Like, if you liked that, you are stupid. Interesting. And that's how we're getting Tyler Breeze into the... So kind of like similar to like Dolph Ziggler's heel gimmick where he was like wrestling outside of WWE does not exist. It's like very meta, like calling out the fans for the things that they like. Yeah, something like that. Or even when Kevin Owens went to Full Sail and was like, you guys think you're like this hot crowd. You're, you're the John Cena exactly. crowds, yeah. which was just the best line. So something very much like that. Okay, yeah, I kind of like that. Um, only kind of, hey? Uh, no. I only kind of like it. It's a tough question. It is a very difficult question. I am, uh, I'm going to go for the, uh, the difficulty uh, perk here. And I am going to... Don't do uh, someone who does not know how to speak. No, I'm not okay. going to pick. I know everyone is expecting me to pick Grand Metal League. Oh, and, I was thinking Hideo Itami. And, and push him for the title, or Hideo Itami as well. I'm not going to do that because, like you said, it, it pushes... Uh, it beggars belief. It pushes yeah. the limits of believability to have a small guy like that go up against your Braun Strowman's or your Brock Lesnar's. However, I am also of the mind that once Brock is kind of out of this title picture, the idea that you need to be a a big old beefy boy to be in that main event hunt 
uh, should start to dissipate. Okay. Because I, yeah. because I I do want to see a return of you know guys who look like Finn Balor or Seth Rollins to be believable contenders in that title picture once again. Okay. As well. uh, and he's he might not necessarily be uh you know as as cut as a uh you know Seth Rollins for example Very cut guy. Uh, and I'm not picking Tony Nese here because Okay he who is are you picking Justin? You've been building it up. Who are we picking? I am picking Drew Gulak for the main event. Yes, for oh, the main stop. event. No, what? You're going to tell me that this guy is not good enough on the mic to anchor a, a like be the flagship heel of a show from night to night? I'm saying that. Yeah? I love Drew Gulak in his current role. I don't think Drew Gulak is main event caliber. Look, but convince me. We give have, me the road. We have already seen the evolution of Gulak just over like the last six months or so, the last seven months. It is impossible to look at what he is right now and see what he was when he debuted on Monday Night That's Raw. That's a good point. Yep. He used to be coming out in like these Japanese-style robes yeah. and shit out to the ring. He had a big beard as well. He's now very clean-cut, and he wears his political campaign T-shirt. He's a very good man. Yes, and he's excellent on the microphone. Definitely. I think if you... Uh, you know, drop the the goofier elements of him, like the PowerPoint presentation. Look, everybody loves Drew Gulak. Everyone. He, he is like an entertaining heel. But yeah. I think that you can, like you were saying with Tyler Breeze, kind of serious them up again and draw back some of that goofiness that Drew Gulak does have it in him. That it would, in fact, be very similar to JBL. You could see Roman Reigns versus Drew Gulak? Yeah, man. I can't get there. He's, I don't think he's like so tiny that he doesn't belong okay. outside of the cruiserweight division. Like He's not short. He's not skinny. Like he's yeah. he's not a huge guy by any stretch, but he's a good wrestler. Yeah. And sometimes that skill in the ring is all you need for believability and he's got the character to back it up. Like he's he's very much like I see a lot of Miz in Drew Gulak. Okay. But as a, but he's a better wrestler. And if Miz can be a main eventer, if Miz can be in the title picture, which he was, he's not currently, but he was. Yeah, yeah. And he's like right on the outside of it right now. Uh, then why couldn't a guy who's so fucking good on the mic like Gulak take that next step, continue to evolve as he already has over the last year, and be a bona fide star player on yeah. Raw? I would uh, again. I don't think it's all that likely, but I think you're making some good points. I don't. I'm not really changing a whole heck of a lot about yeah. him, really. Is he still doing like the no fly zone and the better plans um, live show? No, I, I. That sort of thing, like in terms of how to make 205 Live better, no, he's not doing that. And he's probably not doing that in terms of maybe he is trying to make Raw great again. Yeah, I would full on lean in and like make him a mega fucking Trump supporter, basically, as your as your top heel. And I do think even though a ton of people who are wrestling fans do like love Donald Trump, I'm sure he, he's gonna get cheered. You, no, you could probably do this in such a way that he would still get booed. Well, there we go. Uh, thank you all so much for the questions this week. Something that's been happening lately on Twitter, Justin, that I like is people listen to the show and they tweet at us and are like, 
those are bad answers. Listen to mine. Yeah. I like seeing what other people's answers to these questions are. Of course, are, they're not, so. like, in the heat of the moment. Yeah, it's like, I, I think I was explaining, I can't remember who it was, but I was explaining this on Twitter. It's like, yeah, every time, sometimes when I'm walking home, I'm like, oh, this was a, a good answer for that. But, it, you know, sometimes in the heat of the moment. But I always, yeah. I love hearing you know, other you, answers. Like, in the heat of the moment, you just can't remember Jeremy Borash's name. I've already forgotten it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> these things happen, yeah. you know? Uh, it seems easy for you back at home sitting on your couch twiddling your fucking thumbs. You don't know how hard it is. To think up the best answers, but we're out here doing work week after week. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. <laughs> wow, you really ended that promo on a high note. It is what it is. The most, like, non-descript <laughs> fucking just, just surrendering. I people say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Justin, I think that was it. That's it for this yeah. week's episode of Top Marks. I think you're right. Well, we do, of course, want to encourage the folks at home to uh, recommend the show to, the, to their friends. Please. A lot of people have been. We've yeah. seen a lot of tweets endorsing the show lately. Thank you. And that does mean a lot to us. Uh, so thank you for that. And, of course, rate and review the show on iTunes. That gives us a little boost in their algorithms and is hugely helpful in helping people discover the show as well. And we Look, do see you guys doing that. Thank you. And you've discovered the show. You enjoy it. Wouldn't you want that same joy to come and enter the lives of people just like you who do not get to listen to us and enjoy it every week? Listen, December's an expensive month. Save some money as a present. Just, like, let people know. Yeah, the gift of top marks. Yeah, I mean, listen, if I got this for Christmas, well, I'd be very disappointed because, I mean, I'm on it. I hear the show yeah. as I'm doing but it. But I'd be like, whoa, you didn't get me... One gift, you got me 26 <laughs> gifts. <laughs> and, and by then, like 28 or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and they're all an hour and a half, which means, you know, that's close to 45 hours of gifts. Oh, my gosh. I mean, guys, this this is... Uh, it's it's just speaks for itself. <laughs> Apparently, I it's can't. It's wonderful. I think that's the go-home. Yeah, I think it is the go-home cue. And look, we've been talking quite a lot about the Christmas season and potlucks and all that stuff today. Over the Christmas season, of course, it can be very cold out there. Oh, and, and with that in mind, you know, you don't want to catch a cold. You especially do not want to come down with pneumonia. I think it's very important, Josh, that the people stay hot. <laughs> Let, like a nice, like a nice cup of cocoa, you gotta stay hot. <laughs> you don't want to get pneumonia. No, of course not. Why would anyone want no, pneumonia? I, I don't want pneumonia. Well, that's what ha that's what could happen if you're not hot enough. So stay hot. But if for some reason you do get pneumonia, everybody knows that some extremely spicy soup is the only cure for pneumonia. That's true, Spe so dude. Speaking of. I had some wings last week. Oh, dude. I competed in an eating challenge where I ate the spiciest fucking pepper on earth. I was there. I watched you do it. Yeah. And I tell you, you know, be like a Carolina Reaper. That was the name of the pepper. Yeah, yeah. Because there's nothing hotter than that and nothing spicy or either. How did you not go to taste great? I don't the fucking wings? know. I'm, dude, I had to get spicy in there. You were going to get mad if I skipped spicy. I said spicy. You didn't say Did you say spicy? I did. I said nothing cures pneumonia except oh, very course, spicy soup. But the wings didn't taste great, man. No wonder people hate this the side off. The wings did not taste great. I'll be honest with you. Those were not good wings. Because they weren't curry men. Titus Worldwide Rusev Day.
What a silly show. Titus Worldwide!